It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, May 29th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is going to try and read the tea leaves with Danny Breer and Brent Flair for this upcoming draft. For me, it's like Braille, but okay. All right. Well, we'll get into that, plus a Men's Worlds update and have our nemesis of the week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here each and every day with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. You can subscribe or follow us on YouTube. We're now on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you will get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Hope everybody had a good Memorial Day weekend out there or is wrapping their weekend up as you listen. Uh, New week, new look for us over on YouTube. A little new graphic layout for us. So thanks to the team over at the Lockdown Network for that. Uh, If you're not subscribed on YouTube, you should do so. So you get to see what we're talking about right there. Uh, Looking at the Men's Worlds Tournament, Russ, uh, very disappointing end to the tournament for Team USA. And uh, it it is hard to have good thoughts coming out of this tournament for Team USA, despite the fact that they were by far the best team in the tournament in the round robin. But then you, you get to the medal rounds, they lose in the semifinals very tragically like giving up a goal late and overtime loss same things happened in the bronze medal game to latvia gotta hand it to latvia what a tournament for them coming back from a slow start to wind up with the bronze medal but uh yeah very disappointing there yeah fun fan base uh they they really know how to celebrate good for them uh maybe the u.s guys were looking to get back for barbecue and they played as such (laughs) I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, it was it the greatest put together team? No, no, it wasn't. And and that's I can't blame Dan Quinn, David Quinn, because like for a while he was doing a really good job. But again, they, they were they were piecemeal in this team and whatever. I mean, they underperformed for sure. There's definitely some bright spots, but again, I don't put too much emphasis or I don't overemphasize this tournament especially with someone's development. Like, I don't even tie this tournament to anybody's development. Now, I know um, some players, you know, like a Matt Zuccarello got signed off the world champion. That's fine. I mean, that's already, you know, developed pro player that you decided that, hey, we, you know, we'll take a, a chance on this guy. That's fine. That's different than a prospect. Absolutely. And uh, we have not found out the outcome of the gold medal game for Canada yet. But Scott Lawton did score that empty net goal to seal that game in the semifinal to send Canada to the gold medal game. So we'll see how that turned out for them. But you're talking about prospects. And of course, in this tournament, we're focused on Cutter Gautier. And Mm -hmm. he had a tremendous tournament, most shots on goal of any player 
uh, to a certain point, but then no points in the semifinal game nor in the gold medal game. And to me, th- this is a case, and this is the case for your USA overall, that this is a cobbled together team, like you mentioned, who doesn't know how to step it up for these medal round games, whereas the other European teams are used to playing together more often and have a little bit more to play for here overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latvia, especially with the tournament on home ice and, you know, Latvia hockey is the number one sport in their country. So mm-hmm. it, it's just a different kind of atmosphere. And I think it's, it's honestly a good learning experience for Cardo Galtier. No, it is. I mean, look, he's played it in enough international tournaments to kind of know how this goes, the routine, the way the games are, the way they're calling things. He knows all of that. Um, Did he, you know, just sort of like as a young player, you know, come up short in the end? Yeah, that's what happens a lot of times with young players. So, yeah, I don't I don't count it against him. Just like I don't count all these goals for him so much either. Because I have to look at the breakdown and see how he got them and what they looked like and everything else before I say, oh, look at all these goals. Like I, My brain just doesn't work like that anymore, Rachel, because of all the stuff, film work, and other things that I have to do with prospect work. Like That's how my brain works now. Yeah, I think for me in this tournament, it's really looking at the number of shots and the kind of shots that he's taking. It's, it's very clear that he's a shoot-first guy. No doubt. Of, no doubt. And that's what he was. He's as advertised, right? When we picked him in the draft, mm-hmm. that's what uh, one of his selling points was. And that was something that the Flyers needed in the system. And that he's, you know, not finishing on all of them. But when you take that many shots, you know, it's yeah, it's it's just a matter of picking your spots. And I think all of this is part of his development in terms of picking those spots and learning how goaltenders are going to react to his shot at different levels of the game and with different styles of play. And to me, that's where the good learning experience is. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, those, those are things to look at. Um, again, we have to remember this is on bigger ice. So the game looks a little different. There is going to be a little more room out there. You know, you have to sort of adjust for some of that too. So my brain does, do a little of that adjustment, but he had a good tournament, no question. Yeah, he did. Uh, we are going to be focusing a little bit, uh, like I said in the intro, on reading the tea leaves with the draft as far as what Danny Breer is saying, what Brett Flair is saying. Um, I, I do want to touch on what they're saying about Cutter Gautier at this point, because even though Danny Breer uh, was there in sort of the last administration. So is Brent Flair. And they're, so they are both part of the team responsible for making that pick. And as we mm-hmm. mentioned on the show, that even though Cutter Gautier is a great player, he n- wouldn't necessarily have been the pick we would have made. And so right. seeing how they talk about Cutter Gautier at this tournament and in general is a, is a really interesting thing to follow. It is. It is. And, um, I don't know if you're going to go through some of the bullet points because I can counter um, at least one thing that they're saying, maybe two, but I think for the most part they have it right. But there is, there are some things though. Yeah. So they both are obviously very impressed with him because they kind of have to be, but also it's true. He is kind of an impressive. No, he's an impressive prospect. There's yeah. No so I don't think they're trying to oversell him at this point. I think they're, no, actually... they just have their beliefs and, and yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So, you know, they both are liking the fact that he's taking a lot of shots. They both mm-hmm. like that he's strong and willing to cut to the inside. So that's, that's something shots. He, he is willing to do that. 
What I found that he's not as willing to do or not as good at is winning the battles on the boards. That's something where that's going to have to change because you, it's nice to that he's willing to cut to the inside, but sometimes you're going to have to win that puck battle to be able to cut to the inside with the puck. And that's more of his, you know, metamorphosis that has to take place. Right. And, and that's a good transition into talking about him as a center versus a winger, because as a center, you're going to have to win more of those puck battles, right. And be a distributor. Whereas he's more of the shooter guy. So when the flyers would be on the rush, as a center, sure, he can take that shot. But if he's the trailer because of the breakout, like that's a whole different story. And so based on how he's played with BC so far and this tournament, you know, it seems like starting at least starting on the wing is the right move. And I think Brent Flair is hedging his bets here, uh, saying, you know, he still thinks he can be a center in the NHL, but, you know, he is playing well on the wing and producing and doing the right things as a wing. Yeah. I think he's just um, saying the same thing he said in the draft, but I think it deep down, he believes it less because again, you saw that David Quinn chose him to be on the wing. Uh, now he did do okay at center. We detailed what he did in college and that's fine next year. I mean, they've got the whole top line from the U S so Unless that's the second line, they're going to put Gauthier as your top line center. Um, okay, but we'll see. I don't think they're going to break up that line. So now if they are going to use that line as a second line, maybe Gauthier could still play top line center. That's possible. But at this point, if I were the Flyers, I would say just move him to the wing because that is where his talent lies. He can pass the puck and he's pretty good at it. Like this is... I get that the player wants to play center, but again, I also see the roadblock with the coach because he is, this is somebody that is close to the NHL and I don't think he's going to get the chance to play with the Flyers at center at any point during his first season. I just don't think so. Unless there were injuries or something. Yeah, I I think so as well. Um, You know, unless he takes the Noah Cates path, right? Mm-hmm. Unless unless Tortorella sees something in him similar to Noah Cates in terms of the ability to translate that play. The problem is those two guys are very, very different players. They are. Cates was always a very defensive player. He always had the offense too, but he was always a very good defensive player. I mean, Goche is not known for his defense, no, let's be fair. He's not. And that's the thing is like, I don't see that consistency on the defensive side of things with Gauthier to make that choice yet. But we will There's still see. time. We'll see. There is. All right. Well, we're going to dig more into the minds of Brent Flair and Danny Breer for the draft coming up next. For a championship team that's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because it's just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible island items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. 
And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right. Uh, heading into this week of programming, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about. We're going to dig into the weeds of the salary cap and how the Flyers can get out of it in terms of specific moves and and all of that. So tune in this week to hear that. Talking about Danny Breyer and Brent Flair and how they've been talking about this upcoming draft. It's been interesting how they've complimented each other and covered each other's comments at the same time. Um, you know, Brent Flair did a, an extensive interview in the Philadelphia Inquirer about it. We'll link to that in the show notes. So you have it, but I, I think that they're both trying to, again, sort of hedge their bets across the board here. Right. In in a way, I mean, but at this point, if it were me, I would look for the same message. You want the same messaging. They're not giving the same messaging, Rachel. They're not. Brent is giving that same old Flyers messaging that we heard in the last administration that Brent is a part of, by the way. And that's the same messaging we're hearing now. And uh, honestly, the triumvirate is is happy with this messaging, the older guys, because they're not out of the picture. They're clearly not out of the picture. And they clearly have some influence in the sense that, hey, they would all sign off on this type of player, except you can't go into the draft, drafting every round, like you're drafting the kind of player that Brent wants. Yeah, I mean, they're both very clear that it's best available for the first round pick for this draft in particular, that they would not pick position based at all. But now the question then becomes moving on from that point, who is the best player, right? Correct. And and what characterizes the best player for both of these guys. And this is where I have a question about Keith Jones and his influence in this process. Because if you listen to Keith Jones on the Flyers broadcast, and again, it's hard to say whether he thinks he needs to say these things because of who he thinks Flyers fans are and what they want to hear, or is it things that he truly believes? However, he, t- he talks a lot in the broadcast about tough guys and guys that can make hits and, you know, just the bigger, like heavier game guys. And Brent talks about the heavy game all the time. And so are they on the same page with this stuff in terms of what, you know, what Keith Jones is going to bring to this mix? But, you know, I, I do think you're right that Brent Flair is saying the same things he said last year. Yeah, they're all on the same page with this. And and Keith, you know, as far as he's concerned, this is winning hockey. This is what you see in the playoffs. But the problem is you're getting these guys for three to five years down the road. You don't know what winning hockey is going to look like in the NHL in three to five years. It looks different now than it used to. Yes, there's still toughness and some heaviness, but there's a lot of speed guys in there. There's a lot of Braden points. There's a lot of Jack Hughes's. There's a lot of Cole Caulfield's. These guys are all having an impact too. And if you start to 
diminish your chances of drafting these guys, you're going to be just like a one-dimensional team. You're going to have – it won't be one-dimensional. It'll be like two-dimensional, but you'll be missing that other dimension, that other dimension being elusiveness and and tremendous skill and game breakability and playmaking because a lot of the bigger guys don't have that. Some do, but the ones that do the ones are the ones you're getting, you know, like seventh overall. So my problem is when I'm when you're looking in the third round, Brent says he doesn't believe it's a good goalie draft. So Rachel, cross off that goalie pick for you know for the third well, round. They're not doing it. Yeah, we could, I could tell you that. Yeah, that's another issue we're going to get to. I want to stick with this okay. seventh overall pick for just a brief moment more yeah. because I feel like this is where they're going to have to duke it out behind the scenes because Danny Breer is that smaller goal scorer guy. I mean that's. That's who he was. And his, but it doesn't mean he believes that. Well, but right. And so I feel like he really needs to be the one to think about that a little mm-hmm. bit more. And because Brent Flair does talking about, you know, you don't want to miss up on elite skill and hockey sense by passing up on a smaller guy. Yeah, he said that late he, in the article. Yes. Well, but that's how the article was put together. I'm not going to infer anything about how much I will. I'll infer it. The first, the first quote you heard is definitely how he feels. There is no question. uh, And me and a lot of people feel about that. And the other one is the, Oh yeah, by the way, we're not going to pass that up because he knows in those first seven picks, there are going to be those guys that have elite talent, but Rachel, I'm telling you, if it goes between like Zach Benson and Dale aboard Dvorsky, if they're choosing between those two, you know, they're not taking Zach Benson. They're not doing it. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it is debatable. I think it is debatable. I think that you're you're right in a lot of ways, but based on what we know from past history, I think you're right. Could it change? I certainly hope, I hope that it could change. And I hope that the consideration is there. And I think that Danny Breer could be the guy to change Brenton's mind on that front because he, he does have that final say, just like Chuck did. And mm-hmm. I feel like Chuck's final say was part of why they picked Cutter Gautier. So ultimately, I think that Danny Briere could make a different pick. And it's going to be, you know, his pick to to live or die on here. And it's mm-hmm. going to be extremely important for him. So I think Danny Briere is going to be extra careful and extra thoughtful about this because he has no other choice but to be that way. And the other alarm bell that went off in that Inquirer article was why in the world would you boast that almost everybody from your last draft was six foot or six foot two or more? That does not make it a successful draft. I have to point that out to everybody. That is a byproduct of a draft. And then if you're telling me late in the, you know, on your board that these players just so happen to be bigger, stop. Just stop because more smaller players get passed over than bigger players in every round all the time. So I don't buy that for a minute. I know. Sounds like that to me. Like, well, everybody we picked is an Aquarius. I mean, (laughs) okay. Right. (laughs) You know, I I do want to touch on Mitch because Danny talked about him specifically recently and says that he doesn't think he's going to be there at the seven pick, but will absolutely consider him. especially because of the timeline about when he could come over to the NHL relative to the rebuild. And we've talked about that and it's actually pretty good timing wise. No, it is. I 50, 50 believe him on that. And I'll tell you why 
I haven't heard one GM say that they won't take him, but we know that there's a bunch of GMs that won't take him in Mitch Kopp, that is. So yeah. they just don't want to say it out loud. So yeah. they didn't say they would take Mitch Kopp. They said they would consider it. Now, I'm going to tell you this, Rachel, and I'm going to tell you this just flat out. If he is there at seven, there is nothing to consider. He is the best player by far at seven that you could ever get. He would be better than some first overall picks in certain drafts. So why would I need to consider it? If I was Danny, I'd be like, if he's there at seven, we will take him. But he didn't say that. I would have said that. Yeah, part of me thinks that, you know, you're right in terms of there's some doubt. And part of me thinks he just wants to be KG because he doesn't want to talk about specifics. Yeah, but guess what? Here's the funny thing. By not being cagey, by saying that I do want to take Mitchkov here, if the Capitals do want him, then they're going to be worried. Do you think the Capitals are worried now that the Flyers are going to take Mitchkov? No. No. <laughs> no. If they I want him. So. No. But if I would have said that, you understand the, the psychology there? I'm telling you the truth, but now at least I've said it so the other team knows, hey, they're going to take him. They said that. That is entirely possible. Uh, going back to your comment about goaltending, mm-hmm. this was actually of all of this. This was the thing that bothered me the most because, um, you know, I think there was good in, and bad in what they were talking about with the seventh overall pick. But with goaltending, we had a whole week last week on our show where we talked specifically about the goalie pipeline on the Flyers mm-hmm. and how it was super important for them to restock that goalie pipeline. And Danny Breer said specifically that he did not think it was an immediate need. And I think that he may have been thinking about it in terms of the Flyers and next year in goal, which is true. But that's such a narrow definition. Then you have to be specific if you say that. Yeah. And I I just don't think he was specific enough that it has me worried that they're not as focused on goaltending in this draft. Well, Brett just said in that article, it's not a deep goalie draft. And I couldn't disagree more. I couldn't. Now, if you want to say it's about 10 different goaltenders. (laughs) No, No, again, Rachel, if you want to say if Brent said, hey, I don't think there's a superstar goalie in this draft. Okay, fine. But don't say it's not a deep goalie draft. If you have one superstar goalie and then no other goalies, that is not a deep goalie draft. But if you have no superstar goalies, but 10 solid goaltenders that have potential, that's a deeper draft, right? Yeah. So this has me worried because now I don't even know if they would even consider taking a goalie, which is crazy to me. This is a good goalie draft. You take a goalie in this draft. You do. I don't understand it. Where are you stocked with goalies that you're not worried about this? Like, I get it if you're not worried today, but be worried four years from now. You never know. Carter Hart could get hurt. Yeah. Let's hope that it's just that he wasn't being specific enough. But Oh, uh, stop. No, I'm not. I'm not going that route. You could cross your fingers. I won't. All right. Well, we do have our nemesis of the week to name, and that's a a favorite part of our show each and every week. And we will do that coming up next. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Russ, uh, if you were listening last week when we talked about our nemesis, uh, for me, it was waiting for that very first significant move that this new administration was going to make and what kind of tone would that set. And so for me, it was like, okay, am I nervous about what this move is going to be? Do I have to be patient about it? Is it not going to be until the draft pick? Like what's going on here? Um, still so far, we don't have that first move yet from this new administration. They're still onboarding, still trying to sort things out and still kind of on that messaging tour with the Jones mm-hmm. out there. And then, you know, Brent and Danny doing interviews and such. Mm-hmm. So uh, still fingers crossed that they set a good tone with that first move. Um, as far as moving forward, slightly off topic Uh, from the Flyers, but man, waiting for that Stanley Cup final. I mean, God bless the Dallas Stars, but uh, they pushed this series to a sixth game, which triggered the later of the two Stanley Cup final schedules. So we are not going to see game one of the Stanley Cup final until Saturday, June 3rd. And it just, I know we're almost in June, but it just seems like maybe the Florida Panthers are going to be sitting around for a week and a half by the time they play again. They will, but that's not a nemesis for me because I, you know, I'm trying to plan how to cover that. And um, I had my finger on the button, although I knew Dallas was going to win yesterday before the game started, because I just had this feeling that they were going to Mm -hmm. play for their captain. And, and I think, and then, and they did. And I think now that the captain's back, they're probably going to lose the next game. I just think that's how human nature is. That's how human nature is sometimes, you know, we're going to fight for our captain. And then when the captain's back, it's like, unless he wins the game for you, uh, I just can see it going the other way. But I actually, planning-wise, I can't say that that was my uh, my problem. Um, my nemesis is, again, the Flyers mentality of we want to be big, we want to be heavy, we want to be fast. Okay, here's the problem. How many big, heavy, fast guys are really in the league? Every team you look at, they some of them have heavy guys, for sure, that are fast and that are, you know, that are big. But a lot of these teams have a mix and you have to have a mix. And the reason you have to have a mix is you go look at the Jersey devils. If Danny Breer wants to look at the Jersey devils and quote them as saying, you know, like, Hey, this is how we want it to go. Well, then you better start paying attention to the guys like Jack Hughes to the other smaller players on the team, faster, smaller guys. Cause they have them. They're not all big. Yeah, that is absolutely true. So that's my issue here. So that's my nemesis. Yeah. And and that goes back to the whole copycat league conversation where, you know, Keith Jones talks about looking at Carolina and their defense. Well, they got swept again in the conference championship. And so maybe that gets you to a certain point, but ultimately in the end, and this sounds so basic saying it, but it's true. And everybody has to remember this, that you have to have a well-rounded team. You have to have yes. guys that can do all sorts of things. You have to have guys who can be flexible because, you know, injuries happen, guys go down, you got to adjust. 
and you have to be able to put it all together at the right time. So it's having goaltending hit at the right time. Talk to Florida about that. You, you know, it has to have a, a power play that's working for you. All of these things, there's so many different variables that to copy a winning team, it, it could get you to a certain point, but it, it almost certainly will never get you to the cup. So I, I got a stat from you coming from elite prospects who I write from. These are the top three heaviest teams. Number one, Anaheim Ducks. Number two, Arizona Coyotes. Number three, Boston Bruins. None of them are going to be in the Stanley Cup. I rest my case. Yeah. I always appreciate a good stat backing up a point. And uh, yeah, I just want to touch on one more thing briefly before we wrap up. Uh, the Memorial Cup is underway and J.R. Avon, uh, Flyers prospect, is playing in it. And uh, Peterborough lost to Seattle in the opening game, but J.R. Avon scored in that game. A really nice breakaway that was a 2 on 0 um, where he skated up, I would say two thirds of the way up the ice, uh, and just took the shot, didn't even pass it and, yeah. and scored. So I think his instincts are really good. I'm having a lot of He's fun. He's got really, really good instincts. Yeah. I like that. No question. Yeah. So continuing to watch him in the Memorial cup and can't honestly, can't wait to see him at camp. It's going to be a, a he's going to throw a wrench into things. I think I agree. Like in a, in a good way. Yes. In a good way. All right. That will do it for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to get back into some draft coverage and talk about some draft eligible prospects for that seventh overall pick. We're going to talk about Zach Benson and we'll get to a third round pick option as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.